Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone, this is Tim Burns, this is The Tim Burns Show, and I am the common man with common sense and an uncommon desire to know the truth. Well, yesterday I told you about local wise here, about the highway being relatively free of traffic. Well, I actually thought about rolling the dice today and going the short route home, or the speedier route home, but it's back to basics. Clogged up, northbound I-25, dead stop, all in that same area, what I'm used to seeing, so... I hope nobody is taking my advice today and trying to do that. Anyway, I wanted to get to a couple of things. Our phone number here is 303-477-2473. And the website is timburnshow.com. Quick couple of headlines here. Um, You know, I had a story about the Honduran gangs down in Central America. And whether it's uh, the Honduran or the other Central American countries, they have a terrible, terrible problem. 50 murders in a month down there. What they're doing is exacting taxes on bus drivers is the latest trend. And it's all across their small businesses. What we have is if you don't pay them or if you don't pay enough or if you don't pay on time, they lock the doors, they throw Molotov cocktails inside the bus and then stand around while the bus driver gets burnt to death. 50 murders like this in a month. Now, my point about this is is that I am sure, because this is MS-13 gangs and Mara-18 gangs, these people have just about free access to get into this country. And I'm thinking, and you never hear about it in the deadhead media, I am thinking there is such a landscape of intimidation within the inner city, the Hispanic area inner city, and this is going on, and nobody's actually doing anything about it. You know, people say, well, there's 11 million illegals here. Where do you start? You want to deport them all? No, but you can do it one by one, and you could start with the worst of the worst. And these people, they're kids too. I read a New York story about a girl who was brutally raped by three of them. Now they're going to face, and they were 18, 17, and 17, I think their ages were. And this is, this is a, an actual start we can make. But the only way you can actually accomplish that, you can actually con air them right down into the middle of Mexico and say, hey, please don't come back. Well, the only way you can tell them to not come back is if you have a way to make sure they don't come back. And that is you have to secure the border. Again, I've made mention of this. You secure the border and you start limiting the amount of potential workers coming across the border you're going to naturally raise the prices in this country, wages in this country. I have no idea why the unions in this, in the United States are not all for securing the border because it would naturally raise rates instead of government coming in and trying to mandate raising rates. 
Speaking of raising rates, Janet Yellen had her opinion in the FOMC meeting. And it was really interesting because she's still holding off on raising interest rates. And then there's all this speculation about, well, could it be June? Well, probably not because we're already halfway. Could it be September? At the same time, she comes out and downgrades the economy and economic growth in this country. What did the market do? The market applauded that. Why? Because if she's not going to raise rates yet, there's only one place, stocks to put your money. Now, in a normal market, stock market, the idea of the Fed, Federal Reserve Chairman Janet Yellen coming out and saying she has downgraded economic growth would be a slam on the stock market. But it's not. Why? Because there are there are false levels. There are uh, levels that are holding this market up. There's just money to put into it. I heard Jim Cramer today. I don't get him, but in a sense I do. It's all about his mad money show and all of his followers who take all of his recommendations, and he doesn't want to see them take a bath. So with any kind of information. He, he's really just like Steve Leisman, if you know who he is on CNBC. He is as liberal as they get, and everything gets put the, through the filter of it's all good news. You just ignore anything that might be bad news. Well, Kramer comes out today and talks about that $60 a barrel oil is, is probably a pretty good, but it could go higher. It would probably be better for what? For the consumer? No. For companies to have slightly higher oil prices. And then he makes the comment about all the doom and gloomers who have been predicting that oil has to go down. Look, the supply and demand is dictating that oil prices should be a little lower. There is a glut of oil out there. But he mentions these doom and gloomers who've been predicting that the downfall of oil and it, prices should go down to the $30, $35, $40 level. We got $40 barrel oil. That would be dollar and a half gas, maybe even dollar twenty gas, dollar twenty-five gas. But he talked about all these people recommending that the market should be going down. He said these doom and gloomers, when the time comes, they should be out of a job from their hedge fund or wherever they're making these analysts. So you get a drift of what he's all about. And again, Janet Yellen downgrading the economy, economic growth. And what do we get? Huh, nothing. Well, I wanted to point out something here. And before I, I have something on the website. And it's not going to be up there very long. It is in the In Case You Missed It area. And it is this slow jam on the Jimmy Fallon show that Jeb Bush showed up with. Now, let me give you a little bit of background. Again, I don't watch primetime television. I've seen, I saw one Jerry Seinfeld show, and that was the F-bomb show, and I saw the promotion, and they F-bombed and blipped it out about at least 100, if not 200 times. was the only sh Jerry Seinfeld show I ever watched. That stuff just does primetime television from the entertainment. It just doesn't interest me. Call me odd, whatever. I'm always looking to learn something. So am I odd in that regard? I guess so. I've never seen a Simpson. I've never seen... All of these crime dramas, any reality shows, whatever the case may be, all the entertainment 
uh, programs that are out there. It just, that stuff just doesn't interest me. But I do watch late night television. And I only do it for one thing, to listen to the monologues. Now, everybody knows how much influence Jon Stewart had from a political point of view from these youthful listeners. And it's only natural. If you've got a blank slate in between the ears and you're hearing somebody make fun politically and it makes sense to you and they're making a point through comedy, well, it kind of rings a bell. It, hey, you, you, you look at it and you, you think about it. and Hey, that might be true, as funny as he was saying it. Now, I've been watching late-night television for a long time, since Johnny Carson days. And I did read an article about Carson. And if you knew, if you watched Johnny Carson, if you're of that age, you'll know that he bashed everybody when it came to a political point of view. He didn't hold anything back. Now, a large majority of those years were when Ronald Reagan was in office, but he bashed Jimmy Carter. He didn't. And I read this article he showed up, Johnny Carson showed up to a political event. I don't know if it was a Democrat or a Republican, might have been in the state of California. And that was the only one he ever did because he got lambasted. He started to get all the stereotype labels put on. And he just said to himself, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm never going to endorse any candidate or be a part of any campaign or any, anything like that. But Johnny Carson never held back. He bashed everybody who needed bashing or who he wanted to bash. That was the great thing about Carson. If you look at Jay Leno, Jay Leno was relatively the same way, except when Obama took office. They all were fearful. And again, I watch those monologues because they do have influence on a youthful mind. If you make sense through comedy, it becomes believable. It becomes, it, it gets ingrained as an impression and you keep building on those impressions. The one thing you can count on with these monologues on these late night shows is if there's a chance to bash Republicans, it's bash time. If it's anything to do with a Republican president, <laughs> you should have seen all during the Bush years the kind of stuff that was going on. But when Obama took office, they all had a great fear. Right up until, for Jay Leno anyway, until Obama's numbers went below 50% approval rating. Jay Leno spent the next almost two years until he retired. And I, I mean, seriously, I would, I would scratch my head and think, Wow. I didn't expect that to come from a late-night monologue. And Jay Leno, I think that's why his numbers went through the roof, too. All of a sudden, perhaps conservative viewers were saying, well, this is a change of tone. Now let's go to the other fellas who are in the late-night chairs. Jimmy Fallon, to be honest, for two weeks, I, he wouldn't touch but when his numbers, and this is all about going below 50%, where you think, okay, this could be comedy. I'm going to get at least more than half the people laughing at the joke. Most of the time when they make jokes about Obama, all three of them, Kimmel, Conan, and Fallon, when they make those jokes, it's always in a fun way. It is not in a really digging hard and, and 
trying to irritate. Besides, Michelle Obama is on Jimmy Fallon every quarter. I think she's on three or four times a year. And I think Obama had been on at least once or twice a year. So he didn't want to undermine that. But Fallon did come out for about a two-week stretch. And I was just like, it happened the first night. And I thought, wow, that's pretty good. And he did it for actually two straight weeks. And I was floored. I couldn't believe the kind of digging in. He must have got a memo. Because from that two-week stint, he's never really bashed Obama. They will bash in a fun way again. They'll make fun, but in a fun way. Take the other side of the coin. It is always when it comes to Republicans and making jokes about them, it is always underneath that guise of all the stereotypes that make people don't like somebody. And that's just a standard operating procedures on this. Now, Jimmy Fallon, I mean, Jimmy Kimmel occasionally, but again, it fits into that category. Making fun in a fun kind of way. Conan, I don't know what his gig is. That guy, when it comes to doing political jokes with Obama in office, is the biggest coward. I think his bottom line motivating fear is he doesn't want to get any way, shape, or form a label that he's a racist. And why don't they all just give the old Carson model a try? Why was Johnny Carson the greatest? Well, the reason I make mention of all this is Jimmy Fallon has had this segment called the Slow Jam. He did two of them with Brian Williams. And, of course, what was the mantra through the whole thing? It was always about bashing Republicans. Bash, bash, bash. In a fun kind of way. But it was to reinforce those stereotypes for that absorbing public who's out there who really doesn't pay attention to political news in detail. But you got to create that impression because those impressions rise to the top, let's say, two weeks before an election and they see another ad. And then they go into that voting booth and they remember, oh, I remember that funny joke. Okay, yeah, this is who I'm going to vote for. Well, Obama did one of these, too, and he spent the whole time bashing Republicans. And it was all about immigration policy. He had just got done with his executive order. So last night, Jeb Bush is the guest on Jimmy Fallon. And here comes the announcement that we're going to do a, 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 uh, uh, a slow jam with Jeb Bush. And I thought, my God. Goodness, how did Jeb Bush agree to this? What are they going to do to him, and why would he even think about agreeing to do it? I can tell you what. Jeb Bush and his campaign strategists are going to use this. This was actually quite hysterical, and it painted Jeb Bush in a very good light, and it's I'm sure that the campaign agreed to do this, probably looked over the script and said this is actually going to maybe at least get the attention of the youthful market that's out there. Because that's who Jimmy Fallon is all about right now. The demographics are not the same as Jay Leno as far as age groups that have the, the dominant. 
I mean, he comes from Jimmy Fallon, came from Saturday Night Live, and uh, he brings and draws those youth. And that's why I was very surprised. I think you'll see this as part of required uh, viewing for any Bush campaign coordinator. It was really quite funny. And uh, I just wanted to make mention, if you want to see that, I've got it up on my website at timburnshow.com. It's at the bottom of the in case you missed it area. It's not going to be up there that long. But uh, again, I just, I was really very surprised that it actually turned out that way. But it definitely didn't fit into the usual slow jam category with either Brian Williams or Obama. It was a very positive thing for Jeb Bush. So um, again, um, I want to get to a couple of things here regarding some news, and I'm hoping we have some time today to reach into undoing another stereotype of Thomas Jefferson, and that has to do with everything education, because we have an education system. I mean, you've seen stories over the last however many number of years that it's a free speech area as long as you're free, as long as your speech coincides with, well, the dominating force on a college campus. Well, let's get to some news here. And uh, I'm going to do one quick thing, and then we're going to take a break. And I want to come back to this story because this is uh, the feds can't verify $2.8 billion in Obamacare subsidies. The federal government cannot verify almost $3 billion in subsidies distributed through Obamacare, putting significant taxpayer funding at risk, according to a new audit. The Department of Health and Human Services, Office of Inspector General, released an audit Tuesday finding that the agency did not have, <laughs> did not have an internal system to ensure that subsidies were going to the right place and to the right enrollees and to the right people and to the right states. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services did not effectively ensure the accuracy of nearly $3 billion in financial assistance payments. This is fitting the attitude of just throwing it up against the wall and see whatever sticks. All right, we'll be right back on 810 KLVZ for The Tim Burns Show. Tim Burns for Nominal Exhibit Services. The convention business is big business. Why? Because big business is done at these conventions. 20%, 40 half the business for the entire year can be done at these conventions. If it's time for your company to step up and you just don't know where to start, I encourage you to call Nominal Exhibit Services. Not one company does it all, but one company takes care of all the logistics, and that's Nominal Exhibit Services. Call them at 303-901-9090. Hey, John, what's up? Hey, Dave. Remember Hank's story about the key to a woman's heart is an unexpected gift at an unexpected time? Yeah, you were right. 
JT Jewelry does have some really cool stuff. So I did what Hank did, got Amy two pieces of jewelry, and she loved them. And that special touch of going together to the jewelry store to get her pendant just the way she wanted it worked like a charm. Next time you see Hank, tell him thanks. I will, but let me tell you another story. I saw Bill, and he looked like a truck had run him over. I asked him what was wrong, and he said he went to a bunch of other jewelry stores looking to get a gift for Jean. And they had all the same stuff, and it was nothing but bling by all the same designers. He stepped up to the pump, spent a pretty good penny, and gave it to her, and she loved it. So he was a hero. Yep, but only until they went to a wedding reception a few days later. As people were introducing themselves, a lady came up, and they both noticed they were wearing the exact same pendant. Youch! Yep, he's been in the doghouse ever since. I'm gonna guess you told him about jt-jewelry.com. Yes, I did. All right, welcome back. Hey, I wanted to pull a couple of headlines here. Um, ABC News, the FBI is in a broad campaign to disrupt ISIS supporters inside the USA. So we have a focused attention on going after ISIS after they've come here or after they've been motivated within our walls to start doing the heinous acts that ISIS is doing over there in the Middle East. You think we could go after ISIS where the source is or do you want to wait for the overflow to happen? And what, you clean up the, you clean up the range top after it starts bubbling over? No, let's Go after the heat source and turn that heat source off and get back there and help these people help themselves. Like that Iraqi defector said, we need the Americans back here. And a hesitation. Please. All right, back to the story on the uh, Medicare. <laughs> 2.8 million. I, I mean, this... These are the people who want to control more of the tax money that comes in because they're so good at it. The system of internal controls could not ensure that CMS made correct financial assistance payments. The Office of Inspector General reviewed subsidies paid to insurance companies between January and April 2014. January and April 2014, this sounds like a three-month gig. $3 billion in three months, unaccounted for, subsidy money being paid out. What, do they just put it in an envelope and say, uh, let's just deliver it to, uh, yeah, let's deliver it to that state exchange website. They're probably really efficient at working with this stuff. The OIG said the agency did not have a system, quote, to ensure that financial assistance payments were made on behalf of confirmed enrollees and in the correct amounts. In other words, they're paying out all this money, and as it says, there is no system that actually makes for accountability and responsibility. That's what a federal government's primary job is, accountability and responsibility on the focuses that are contained within those 52 words in the preamble. Ensure domestic tranquil, uh, 
establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense. You got to hit all those bases before you can promote the general welfare. And promoting the general welfare doesn't mean providing it. Promoting the general welfare doesn't mean you're a player in every game that's out there, federal government. It means you're there to be a referee. You're there to make sure that landscape of freedom is as lucid as possible, is as free as possible. You're there to make sure standards and qualities are the highest possible. You're not there to mandate what a standard and, and or a quality should be. You have to let the market discover that, then implement it. That's what a fine art of the federal government should be. And they would become so much more efficient if they just relied on the better mousetraps and then implemented those better mousetraps. In addition, the CMS relied too heavily on data from health insurance companies and had no system for state-based exchanges to submit enrollee eligibility. The whole entire paperwork process, is this relatively a reflection of how good they were at setting up a website? I think it all goes hand in hand. The government, quote, does not plan to perform a timely reconciliation of that almost $3 billion. Well, we made a mistake. It's just like, hey, we invested a half a billion dollars in a website and it doesn't work. Anybody else want to put in a bid? So we get the vast efficiency of a federal government that wants to control things that don't belong under their control. Speaking of the stock market, the global stock markets are actually worried about Greece. This is just another excuse to create fear, to create buying opportunities or selling opportunities. And in fact, investors are starting to shift. I mentioned that a week or two ago about the big money starting, and that was from January where they were starting to slowly but surely sock things away. Well, the investors are shifting to cash for protection right now. Look, they don't know what Janet Yellen is going to do. And here comes another story regarding the Fed's worst nightmare. This is what Janet Yellen is, Yellen is trying to play uh, cute with. They don't want to repeat, as the article says, the ghost of 1937 when the Federal Reserve tightened too quickly in 1937. The worry is that the central bank will wait too long now so they can't get a just right syndrome. Oh, Jimmy Cramer will tell you, it's a Goldilocks economy. It's just right. We're not getting too much of an economic growth, and we're not having complete dead economic growth. So that's just right for what? For what his main interest is. Prices of stocks going up. That's all he wants. When the time comes, and he's got all these recommendations he may, he's made to all of the people who follow his show, I promise you, he will, he will front run, as it's known in the industry. He may be saying, well, I'm a little apprehensive, but I think we can still hold our stocks. He'll be telling that to all the people who are holding his, his recommendations. And at the same time, he's probably liquidating slowly but surely. 
That's what smart money does. They do it in advance and set the tone, and they get out of the way. You know, there's an old adage about dollar cost averaging. If you have a big chunk of money, let's say you get a huge, let's say there's a, um, you know, a, a death in the family and you have this settlement estate. Do you want to put it all in the market at once? Well, if you're not sure about where that market is going, it's called dollar cost averaging. And I'm sure that's what's going on with people getting out of the market. They're just taking a certain amount of money and they're converting those stocks, selling it, and putting it into cash. The same is true of getting in a market. If you put it, if you have uh, a certain amount of money and you want a two-year horizon of investing 24 times every, once every month for two years, it is actually one of the safest ways to get into the market because you don't know if the market's going up or if it's going down at this point. So if you get in and the market starts to go down that second month, it's down, you're probably bumming out because that first purchase you made is higher and you're losing money, but you've just bought more stock. The lower the price is, the more stock you're going to get. The higher the price is, the less stock you're going to get. By going over a two-year period of time, your dollar cost averaging that entire amount of money into the market. It's a great way to go. Well, they won't tell you their dollar cost averaging out of the market. All right, stick around, folks. We'll be right back on The Tim Burns Show. Hi, I'm Ivan, and I'm a firefighter. One of the resources we use to notify you of a threat to life or property, such as wildfire, flood, or police action, is the Emergency Notification Service. You need to register your mobile or landline phone so we know what number to call. To find the link to your local service, go to 911colorado.org. That's 911colorado.org. This message is brought to you by the Colorado Broadcasters Association and your local station. Getting your child home safely. Tap your heels together three times. Is just a click away. There's no place like home. But making sure your child is in the right seat is just one of the steps down the road to safer travels. I don't know how it works. Find the right seat for your little one's age and size. There's no better way to get home safely. Know for sure that your child is in the right seat. How can I ever thank you enough? Get all the facts at safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tim Burns for DoggyDogWorldRescue.com. I want to tell you about some really good people. What started as one phone call from northern New Mexico in 2007 has turned into rescuing 500 and giving good homes to 500 animals a year. You know, they need your help. They need your donations. They do it all out of the goodness of their heart, out of their own pockets. I encourage you to give them a generous donation if you give to dog rescue operations. Go to DoggyDogWorldRescue.com and give generously. Welcome back, folks, to the Tim Burns Show. Our number here is 303-477-2473. A couple of quick pieces of the puzzle, headlines only. We have uh, Hillary now talking about new taxes. We also have a global peace 
index report, didn't go into the story, but the quote is, the world is less peaceful today than in 2008. You think so? I mean, all you have to do, if the rest of the world was as peaceful now as it was in 2008, and you just take one segment of the world that was peaceful, relatively peaceful, yeah, it's tough to nourish a seed of freedom. It's tough to have a primitive, just getting started, we the people institution right in the center of the seventh century. It's tough. But they were excited over there about coming together. Sure, they don't like each other in certain factions, but this we the people institution that took a while to get to, no doubt, but it was there and it was making slow but sure progress. I will again say, one election, 17 million purple thumbs under the threat of death, they showed up to the polls. And in that body of elected officials, one-third of them were women. Show me where that exists anywhere in the Arab world, anywhere in the Islamic world. Show me where that exists. It doesn't. Well, anyway, back to... Uh, the Fed's worst nightmare is the ghost of 1937. The U.S. Central Bank is so cautious over not making the mistakes of a long-ago ancestor that it may miss a solid opportunity to normalize monetary policy after seven years of decidedly abnormal times. It is time—hey, look— it's just like the, the whole idea of developing a new tax plan and having no deductions, including the interest on your mortgage deduction. There would be an adjustment. If you had a flat tax where there's no need for 80% of the IRS and all of those employees, well, it would create relative turmoil as the transition from the problem sub, being supplied with a solution. You got to do what you got to do, and you just have to let the adjustments take place. But there's so much fear on all aspects. And for the federal government through the Federal Reserve to have this kind of fear, well, what's the big fear? Well, they don't want stock market values to go down. Well, at some point, you have to let Natural conditions take place. We cannot have an economy that has a quarter percent of interest rates. Why? Because it forces those who need more than a quarter percent or a half a percent at their bank or in their retirement funds. If they don't have quite enough principal, perhaps they need three or four percent. Well, let the economy do what it does. Let interest rates find their natural home. And maybe the economy can also start to grow with it. So we've got uh, um, actually central banks around the world now are starting to stash cash for what? Well, for the problems that are going to happen with a downturn. And why are they stashing that cash? Well, they want to support the market when that downturn happens. Um 
1937 specter, when the Fed raised rates prematurely and exasperated the Great Depression, this is a managing director and chief investment strategist at State Street Global Advisors, said in an analysis for clients titled, Why the Federal Reserve Needs to Bury That Ghost. Is that their real pattern? Are they trying to follow a Stone Age situation that happened during the Great Depression? I mean, wh why don't we look at some of the other aspects of how big government grew during those times under FDR. There were 500,000 employees. When the whole New Deal hit, they doubled that in six years from 500,000 to a million. Well, who pays that? That wasn't economic growth. Taking money out of wherever they were getting it from. Remember, government workers don't produce anything. They don't make products. They don't produce something that gets resold and a profit is attained. Every bit of their paychecks come from the back pocket of taxpayers. So you double that. Was there any chance of showing a budget surplus? By the way, every year under FDR, there was never a budget surplus. There was always a deficit running. And of course, I hear I hear the, the echoes out there. Well, well, it was the Great Depression. Well, if you're not going to do anything to solve the economic times and the only thing you have going for you is creating ways to take care of the soup lines and, and the poor people out there, instead of coming up with some quasi-private public situations. Again, I had mentioned, I think it was a grand mistake for those who were so the Rockefellers, the J.P. Morgans, the Carnegies, who were so busy racing each other to the top as far as who had the biggest stack of money, if they could only have seen in retrospect to not take care of the poor with all that money they were making, I think there would have been unbelievable industries, grassroots industry, where the government isn't taking care of the poor, where the private sector actually takes care of the poor. Because if they are helping feed them, well, they're probably helping educate them too. There's all sorts of things, but hey, hindsight, no, it's not 2020. Hindsight is no sight as far as I'm concerned. Here's another story. Employers are facing little risk in hiring illegals. Enforcement has plummeted. Gee, do you wonder why? In another example of the shift in immigration priorities, a new Center for Immigration Studies report reveals the Obama administration largely has abandoned work site enforcement of who's illegal and who's not. In other words, all of this talk about E-Verify, about making sure that companies because under the Bush administration, there was enforcement of this stuff. Now, why wouldn't the Obama administration not enforce any of this? Could it be there is another wide open door? Remember, if you stuff enough people into the system, it's that same attitude of throw it up against the wall and whatever sticks, sticks. Line them up to where we have so many people trying to get in and are already in, 
and are already in a process where they're going to get a court hearing, a deportation hearing, not till 2019, of course. And what do you get? Well, you get exactly what Democrats want. Look at what Lyndon Johnson said. He said, if we pass the Civil Rights Act, we are going to have black voters for the next 200 years. Now, of course, this was in a secret tape, and he didn't use the term black voters. What term did he use? Well, you know what he used. Well, this is the same attitude that's going on. They don't have to worry about black voters, the Democrat Party. Why? Because they get 90% plus, and if they really like some Democrat candidate, they're going to get 94, 5, 96% of that vote. They don't have to worry. Democrats take that all for granted now. Why do you think you see the frustration in the inner city blacks, and why do you not see it being told to us in the deadhead media? Why would they want to do that? Why would they want to up upset the apple cart? It's in good shape. Well, this is exactly the kind of numbers they want now. This is why Hillary is so worried. This is why that Jeb Bush slow jam is so powerful. I am sure the Hillary people and her campaign were pulling their hair out saying, now why would our fellow deadheaders give such a good impression of Jeb Bush? And he speaks really well in Spanish. He's pretty fluent, and he should be. He's married to, his, to a Hispanic. His family is tied in. And he probably speaks it at home very fluently and has no problem. Oh, that just must have irritated the Hillary campaign. But this is why. Because they want the same kind of numbers, and this is what this whole keep the walls, keep the, the, the borders wide open, get as many in as possible and instead of having for the next 200 years if we can get the brown vote like we have the black vote well guess what this will be a one-party america in perpetuity that's their goal and why wouldn't they think they think they are the smartest people on the face of the earth all of the upper elites they're so if they just had control, then they could get it done. Then they could fix everything. But that's not what America was founded on. Oh, oh, by the way here, Obama is uh, preparing more executive actions on global warming. Now, no more talk of the Pope. Some of the inside stuff came out about what the, what the Pope in, in those papers. And uh, I don't know if I've got it here, but... It's really sad. This is sub this encyclical, as they call it, is supposed to be a teaching document. It was 192 pages. Again, I don't know if I've got this in my notes or not, but uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> I mean, it's really not funny. Is he supposed to be the expert leading the world on what we need to do to make the world better as far as politics is concerned? I don't think so. The 192-page document is Pope Francis's first major teaching letter. So he is the teacher. He's the educator. He knows more than we all do regarding climate change and its effect on the, 
on the planet's poor. Well, there's a good one. As long as you put the poor in there, and I'm the expert now. Why? Because I looked at all those studies. Yeah, yeah, those. In fact, I looked at hundreds of these computer model printouts. Well, again, bad data in, bad data out. Hailed by some as Pope of the Poor, Francis's linkage of environmental and economic issues puts the Vatican out front on a closely watched topic. Is that his job? Please. <laughs> Especially when he's not really doing his own homework. He's just getting advisors to give him a list of talking points, and they all make the assumption that all of that scientific evidence is true. And it's not. It's been proven wrong. Lots of it has been proven wrong. We saw the emails originally from long ago that Al Gore based all of his stuff on, which gave him that, that predictive, by 2013, the North Pole is going to be ice-free. Pope Francis will this week call for changes in lifestyles and energy consumption to avert the unprecedented destruction of the ecosystem. Uh, Pope, what kind of lifestyle changes are you encouraging for us? How about back to, I don't know, medieval ages where there was no combustible energy, when there was black plagues, where there was death because we didn't know what was causing certain death? Is this the kind of stuff? What do you want us to do? Live in a log cabin and an outhouse? Or even better yet, that outhouse is going to use trees too. What do you want us to do? Just go wee-wee near the river? I don't get what the whole goal is to accomplish. There is no technologies available to replace it. And even if we get to the point where we can replace combustible energy with the new better mousetrap, you're still going to need barrels of oil. For what? Did you know 50% of a barrel of oil, upwards of 50% of a barrel of oil, go into all of the plastics that we use, all the different kinds of plastics? Plastic is a good thing? I would think so. You think refrigerators are pretty good or places to cook your food? All that stuff has drops of oil in it. We do away with oil. What are you going to replace it with? Some theory. All right, so uh, humanity is called, this is from his encyclical, humanity is called to take note of the need for changes in lifestyle and changes in methods of production and consumption to combat this warming. See, they still use warming. It's not about climate change. It's about creating the biggest pop possible, the biggest impression possible, because people understand warming means heat, heat means no water, water mean, no water means no food, and we are in disastrous times as a result. That's why they use that. That's why they can't get deep into the, the uh, nuances that we here in America are, well, we're treated to, aren't we? Numerous scientific studies indicate that the greater part of the global warming in recent decades is due to the great concentration of greenhouse gases given off above all 
because of humans, because of human activity. Oh my goodness. The blind leading the blind to Blindville. We'll be right back on the Tim Burns Show. Tim Burns, Phenomenal Exhibit Services. You know, big business is done at these conventions, and if you are the responsible party, your company, for making those exhibits work right on the convention floor, and it seems that it's nothing but hassles and headaches and nightmares, that the logistics just aren't working, I encourage you to make a phone call to Nominal Exhibit Services. They're the one place that starts and ends the process. They take you from point A to point B, and they will free up the most important thing you need, time to do business at these conventions. Conventions. So call them, 303-901-9090. Hey, John, what's up? Hey, Dave. I'm going to get Sue something from this really cool jewelry website. What's the special occasion? There isn't one, but I was talking to Hank, and he said he went to JT Jewelry and got Jill something. And funny story, he was watching a movie and heard the line, the key to a woman's heart is an unexpected gift at an unexpected time. He goes to JT Jewelry and not only got her a pair of earrings, he got her a pendant too. He gives her the earrings, and she loved them. A few minutes later, he gives her the pendant and tells her, let's go to the jewelry store and get fitted into a necklace that's just the way you want it. He got her two pieces of jewelry? <laughs> yeah, he said the prices were so good he couldn't resist, but the story gets better. They went to a company outing and the boss's wife saw the pendant and just loved it. Jill was a hit of the party. That must have made him feel good. Good. Hank said the night might have been even better than his wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> What's that website again? JT-Jewelry.com All right, welcome back. One last quote from the Pope's encyclical, and then we'll move. Wow, isn't it a coincidence? Hand in hand, we have the Pope and Obama coming out with this stuff at the same time, mimicking each other. In an apparent reference to climate change desire, the draft states, quote, the attitudes that stand in the way of a solution even among believers range from negation of the problem to indifference to convenient resignation or blind faith in technical solutions. What Blind faith in a technical solution. What, adjusting statistics? Well, if you want the experts on adjusting statistics, you better go to the Obama administration and the... Uh, uh, the Labor Department, because they're really good at doing that. They're really good at giving us one little piece of the puzzle and telling us what that piece of the puzzle is. Again, Obama takes credit for upwards of 11 million jobs. Five and a half million of those jobs are part of a work visa program. These people got work visas, foreign, both legal foreigners and illegal got 5.5 million jobs, half the jobs that Obama says he created, 11 million jobs, which is pathetic job growth anyway. But let's take those 
well, a job is a job. It doesn't matter who has the job. Is that the real, is that our real motivating factor? Is just to put anybody in any chair? Doesn't matter whether it's an American or not. Again, if the unions had any kind of thoughtfulness, if the labor infrastructure, the uh, uh, the whole union-dominated infrastructure had any clue about what would have wages rise naturally by themselves, they would be out in front in making sure the border was secure. All right, and one last thing is the BBC, before I get to Obama's part of this, the BBC is reporting that robot-led future will put the squeeze on humans. Well, isn't that some of those jobs that not only Americans won't do, but nobody wants to do? They were talking about creating robots to actually pick the fields, to pick the fruits. Look, if this is a trend coming our way, now we know that what used to be in the automobile production lines and factories, there were no robots. We've seen over decade upon decade upon decade the implementation of machinery to take care of the jobs. Yes, that means there's less jobs, but there's more efficiency. What we need is an economy that caters to the good ideas in between people's heads and where there's a landscape to pursue that opportunity, to pursue that dream. I think it's a good thing if you have robots that are going to pick the fields. But you have, again, if you're going to tend to a problem, you have to have a solution waiting for it. They dovetail together. They go hand in hand. You can't just eliminate something without being thoughtful on what you're going to do to replace that. A better, not necessarily mousetrap, but a better system. Well, again, dovetailing with Obama, with the Pope, is Obama, who is preparing more executive actions on global warming. Wow. I think his goal really is to try and have as many executive actions as FDR. Now, he won't be able to pull it off unless he's doing five a day from here on out. But remember, when Sandy Hook happened up there in Connecticut, that shooting with that kid who went in there and there was nobody there to stop him, 23 executive actions came out. Executive actions or memoranda came out the very next day by Obama. Standard operating procedure for the Saul Lewinskyites who are out there waiting for the next critical moment, the next crunch time, the next disaster, the next opportunity of crisis to overwhelm people with feeling good about the solution that they have waiting for them. Hey, we're the government. We know what we're doing. Don't, don't get caught up in any of the details of the facts of how we're going to do it. Just know that we can do it. President Barack Obama is preparing to unleash a series of executive actions aimed at boosting the green energy industry. Didn't we go through part one of that already? Didn't we go through that gigantic wave? The government is going to decide who has the better mousetrap? 
That's not their job. The idea is to let that landscape of economic freedom compete. Who's to say the one they pick, like, hmm, Solyndra? Are they out of business? In fact, how many of the hand-picked Obama green energy companies are still in business? I have no idea because we're not hearing about them anymore. Well, that's because most of them are out of business. President, uh, as part of the president's global warming agenda, he's not going off track. It's all about global warming. And there is sophisticated new evidence that we've actually cooled off for the last 10 years in this country. Obama is launching a clean energy impact investment center. Wow, another government office, another think tank filled with elitists who without any backbone of scientific information are going to start implementing new policies. And, you know, they're going to have to hire a lot of people. So what's going to happen? More money out of our back pocket with another wave of green energy investment. When are we going to learn? When are we going to get back to our roots in this country? The founding documents. Yeah, those stumbling, bumbling men who somehow came up with this stuff. Well, that's the answer. That is the anchor that will get us back to understanding why we became the great country that we were. It's all about those documents. All right, everybody, have a great day. TimBurnShow.com. Don't forget to visit. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.